What's up, everybody? We're going live again, so this will be fun. Let's see if we can get Chris into this. But uh, before Chris makes it in, just want to give a shout-out to Oakbrook Brewing Company for being a supporter of the show from day one. We appreciate them. Make sure you check them out. Uh, support your local businesses. Reading, PA, 628 Park Avenue, Millmont area of Reading. So make sure that you check them out. But we're going to get Chris in, and we're just going to do a little check-in. We'll talk about what beers we have, do a sample game, and then we'll uh, get rolling. Waiting for FaceTime. What up, Chris? What's going on, man? So it's funny. It's like this is the first time that I've um, <laughs> been waiting for you to join in and recognize it's like waiting for FaceTime. And I was like, oh, I'm waiting for FaceTime with Chris. <laughs> yeah i mean it was weird because i was wait it wouldn't show up until you sent me the request or you sent you know you sent the uh the brandy. what up brandy what up harry what up boo <laughs> harry doesn't like my jokes but let's get this started off strong i'm drinking daddy fat sacks are you? D-A-W-D-Y, Fat Sacks. Nice. Right? Is it from Atlanta? No, it's from Chambersburg. Oh, then why are you... No, kidding. Yeah. Roy Pitts, but they also have a barrel house here in um, Philadelphia, so that's why it was really cool to check them out. Check out Love City. Shout out Love City for donating to our Kickstarter. Um, Brandy, it goes, you know. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. That is exactly how it goes. How goes it? It goes. It's been a week. It's been a day. It's been crazy. So, like, from the last time we've done this, we've had a victor. Like, we know who actually won um, the election. I don't think last time we did this, we had, like, a certain. It was basically two – it was basically Saturday that it was announced that the Biden was announced the winner before. Before that, you know, we, we record on Thursday night. So um, I think Friday is when PA finally, like... Got his shit together? <laughs> so. Okay. Well, do you... Wait. Before we get into the sample game, which I only put together five minutes before the show, what are you drinking? I am drinking... Primordial Imperial IPA from Mother Earth. Huh, from Mother Earth. Mother Earth. If you remember, I had another one of their Imperial IPAs uh, during the quarantine series, and it was fucking delicious. This one isn't as fucking delicious, but it's still damn delicious. Okay, so it's fucking delicious, damn delicious, delicious. Delicious. So it's delicious. Oh, no, no, it's damn delicious. Damn delicious. It's damn delicious. This one is 9% ABV. Um, there's, I don't think there's anything else, you know, like, there's nothing else, like, going on with it in terms of it being, like, oh, it's mango or it's Look, this. But Harry is asking the hard-hitting questions. Is it earthy? I mean, of course it is. And it's definitely motherly. I feel... I feel safe and protected when I drink this beer. 
I mean, I'm glad everyone should feel safe and protected while drinking. So, and if you don't, <laughs> all right. So you want to get into this um <laughs> sample game? Do you want to go first, or should I? I'll go first. Um, so this is actually the one I was gonna do last week, Uh-oh. and then I usurped it with the ludicrous song which you ended up taking a ludicrous song and i think you even mentioned that 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 you had changed your mind at the last minute so we both changed our minds to ludicrous well, no, last last time we did an episode i was doing the um i did intergalactic that's right yeah i'm thinking last we, episode we did ep- luda luda it was ludicrous man <laughs> So anyway, this is, uh, and I'm still like, I still like struggle sometimes to like figure out the who sampled format in terms of who's like, what, what piece of information is actually the artist? What's like the, um, what's the song name and what's the album name? <laughs> sometimes like, this is Ralph Vargas and Carlos Bess, CB number two from uh, Funky Drummer 1993. So this is actually the baseline of the song. Isn't this the like James Brown like baseline, the Funky Drummer? Well, it's, uh, Funky Drummer Volume One was the name of their album. Okay, I'm interested in this. Yeah, it, it's probably a play on on it, but yeah. uh, let's go. So. This is a a touch obscure, so... Yeah, you always hit me with these obscureness. I did ludicrous last time, didn't I? All right, you were about to uh, say something on top of this. This one, since it's a bit obscure, I did do the second sample, which makes up another part of the beat. Um, And these two together, to me, makes it... It's still a little off, but if you know the song, it kind of, like, will jog your memory to it. This is Melvin Bliss, uh, Synthetic Substitution from 1973. So these two kind of make up like the bass line and the beat. So it's really just like that beginning bass line. Plus the, and I'll play the other one back again. This, this This hard bang. So that kind of gives you the feel of the song for sure. But you gotta kind of be thinking in that in that uh in that term. I'm really selling this one, but Damn, man. I, I don't know. I think what I'm about to play for you is way too easy after you hit me with this. <laughs> well, I've been embarrassed for like four or five months <laughs> doing this, so I need to catch up. All right, well you just embarrassed me. I'm not even close. My guess was Kit Cuddy. No. Um, do you want a hint? Yes, I always take a hint. Okay, the songs. The song is from '93, so it's a, it's an old school song. Is it a Nas song? You're in the right city. Yeah, I have whatever beer I don't drink today is going to be on the show that we have with Harry tomorrow. Sorry. I have to go with Harry here. It's the thong song. 
It's it's definitely not the thong song. Damn. The thong is not from the year of our birth, 1993. Well, you and I's birth anyway. Are Eric B and Rakim from New York? Can I say Eric B and Rakim? <laughs> no, no. It's actually Wu-Tang Clan. Gravel Pit? <laughs> when, in <laughs> doubt, when in doubt, Gravel Pit. <laughs> I knew you were probably good. I, I almost picked Gravel Pit. You should have. I would have got that. But you would have got it right away. So I was like, no, screw that. Check out Listen. Gravel Pit. What's up? Listen. Listen. Bring the ruckus. What? Play it again. I, I think Harry's right. Open letter. I just love the intro, so I'm playing the intro, too. The Shaolin and the Wu-Tang couldn't change Do you think your Wu-Tang saw can you beat me? And then the second, the other samples coming through right there. The boom. Wow, I'm terrible. I can't believe I didn't get that. Way to go, Chris. Way to make me look bad. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. And now I shall be probably stumped on this, what you think is easy. Nah, this is fun. This is going to be a fun one. Are you ready for the fun? Okay, it's definitely a joke song, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, God, no. All right. So this is from... <laughs> Let me see here. So this is from the Commodores, right? This is a 1977 sample from the Commodores from the song Easy. Mm. <laughs> it is a little tough, actually. Isn't this uh, like that one song? Who who was that by? Someone from New York, I think. Yep. And it was like a, it was almost like an I'm sorry type song. That's what it's. That's what it kind of sounded like to me. Raven got it. Raven got it. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was like, this sounds like something Paramount would be on. Oh, happy Founders Day, Raven. <laughs> it is the jam, though. Like, I was trying to figure out what to do. I had some, like, obscure stuff. I was looking at, uh, I had Boy. Oh, Boy! But that was, like, a little too easy. Um, I had Kanye West and Cameron. I had Gone with uh, Consequent. But that was way too easy. But this one literally was easy. <laughs> like Sunday morning. <laughs> was it you really went can't like you were like okay i'm gonna do a cameron song mm -hmm. <laughs> go giant who, who has ever said you know what i need a cameron song right now sometimes you just need cameron like let's be honest 
Shut up, Khalil. <laughs> oh my God. So, how how do we want to start tackling these these topics? We're about how how far we're we're twelve minutes in now. Twelve minutes in. Holy shit. We're twelve minutes. <laughs> We didn't. We didn't drag our feet enough. No, exactly. Ooh, I think Raven has some interesting talking points. You sound like a hater. You don't know the hateration above you in in this chat. But that quick second, hater. Okay. Harry's Harry's heading out of the chat. Um, check us out tomorrow. We'll be with Harry. We'll do a post to let you know where you can find us. But we're gonna do a nice little sit down with Harry, and that's gonna be a little. Uh, that's going to be fun. Fun? I'm excited. All right. So back to you being a hater. Well, you know, sometimes you just have to hate and maybe holler, particularly if you're dancing. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, let's talk elections. I, I think we, we can't dance around this any anymore. Yeah, in this dancery. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so, <clears throat> how terrified the shit were you up until PA flipped? And how surprised were you that PA flipped? Um, I really wasn't that confident that what was happening in the Philadelphia area was going to be strong enough to create this kind of flip and all these other things. Um, taking a look at the voter maps, especially in PA and Berks County in particular, looking at, you know, we knew Redding was going to be blue, but to see Sinking Spring and Wyoming Missing, I think, were the two other, like, areas that ended up being very blue in our county. Um, that yeah. was that was a real big surprise to me. Um, a happy, very happy it's surprise, but... Yeah, it wasn't those are the two areas I wouldn't have banked on of um, mm -hmm. turning that way. So I mean, it was a pleasant surprise, you know. Um, I think I was being very pessimistic going into all of this. I didn't want to leave any like room for hope in my heart because I don't think I would have been able to go into um, the aftermath of this. I don't think I would have been able to have held on hope that Biden was going to pull away with this victory um, and then have it turn out that Trump won. I, I think that would have like 2020 has been so hard. And then 2020 went and just was very on brand. And so even with the Biden election, we couldn't have a weekend. They went and took Trebek from us. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a terrible year. Um, Trump losing is pr is probably the only good thing, and I'm not even too too happy with the way it happened. It was um, way too close. It was way too close. Uh, but you know, one thing, and I mentioned this last week in terms of when you have more people in general coming out to vote, usually it goes Democratic, um, and we saw that again here, and then. You know, was it like they were interviewing Bernie Sanders and he was ba he basically like predicted the way it happened where, you know, all the people that don't care about COVID or being around people or any of these people um, or that certain like tight lane of 
patriotic are going to physically go to the polls, right? And those polls are those poll numbers are going to be counted first, and then Trump is going to run up and claim victory quickly when you know most most of the votes haven't even come in yet, and then you know all of the the ballots that are mailed in, all the ballots that were that were walked in and handed in that weren't counted until after the people who actually physically showed up. Now we see that surge coming. Um, so it, it, it was like a fourth quarter comeback. And I think I woke up on Friday and I think it was like my coworker was like, r slash Philadelphia is going crazy right now with voting memes. <laughs> it was a, uh, uh, it was the uh, uh, always sunny meme. Yeah, and then I just started blasting. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's like my favorite character from It's Always Sunny. Like him and Charlie are just like the best characters. Charlie's definitely, definitely the best. <laughs> With the wild theme. Wild card. Wow. Ha ha. <laughs> jumps out the back oh man that's fantastic but yeah you know i it still was too close i mean yes biden easily got the popular vote but it wasn't like it wasn't some astronomical difference it wasn't a landslide victory and you know i think that's what you know there's people that are in the middle of this or in the center these uh the white moderates or whatever you might want to call them that are going to see this and go, okay, our job is done. We did it. Racism has been defeated. Let's wipe our hands. Let I'm out. We're done. I'll go back to not caring and go into Whole Foods or whatever. And <laughs> not Whole Foods. Do you go to Whole Foods? <laughs> we were this close to that. I went to the Whole Foods once because it was the only thing open on my route just to get blueberries. And I didn't even think about it until, you know, I was in a rush. So I'm in a rush. I buy these blueberries. And then later I, like, look at the receipt. I'm like, what the fuck did I just pay for these blueberries? So it's funny. The the, the, uh, conversation around Whole Foods that came up was the fact that we, we had stopped at Acme uh, which was closer than the Whole Foods. And that's probably the only reason we stopped with Acme, right? Ooh, and, yeah. And uh, so Acme's prices, so Whole Foods above all is more expensive in almost every category, except yeah. for produce at Acme is actually more expensive than at Whole Foods. Really? I did the research earlier today because I was like, rah, 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 Whole Foods. And it was like, no, I yeah. tell you the produce is cheaper at Whole Foods. I'm like, there's yeah. no way. And I do the yeah, Google search. I'm like, okay, I'm an idiot. I did that at uh, Wegmans Produce. But <laughs> yeah. Wegmans Produce is actually, like, reasonable. <laughs> like, everything is, yeah, everything else is stupid expensive besides, like, cheese and produce. I like cheese. Yeah, and I like produce. Whoa. Yeah. It's like the only things I bought, man. Chicken pot pie. Those are my three favorite things. Chicken pot pie. Those are my three favorite things. <laughs> the smirch. I'm not here to be smirch Wegmans. 
No, there's no besmirching of anybody. We're just having an open forum. 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 Okay. So, context for today. I've been drinking all day. Ah, okay. So, you said you were going out. You meant out. Yes. So, we were roaming the streets looking for, like, beer for the show, and it was... I wasn't finding the places I wanted, so we just walked all over the city. And there's this, like... Likely story. Yeah, exactly. There's <laughs> there's this, like, sub, like bar cart supply store on um, one street. I think it's on 3rd. I've been meaning to check it out, so we jumped in. Was checking it out. It's awesome. Oh, we got to figure out a day to come in, because it's, like, for six people, they'll do a, like, private class for, like, mixing. And uh, it's six people, 400 bucks. There's like a food pairing. So it turns out to be like $66 per person or something like that. So I'm like, Ooh. okay, yeah, I'll do that. So we, we got to figure that out. Um, that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, so I got the Sazerac spritz there. So, you know, like bourbon, mm-hmm. absinthe, all that's thrown into that. Do that. Ooh. That's fun. Yes. And then uh, stopped at the brewery, had two, three, four beers. <laughs> and then uh, picked up the beer, came you back just, here. You find You just couldn't find that beer that you were looking for. No. You had to keep searching. We had to, I had to keep testing until I found the right one. And then I decided I'm not getting beer from here. I'll just go over to Roy. <laughs> oh, you know, you, 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 you talked about mixology. So, like, since the last time you were here, I've picked up a nice new little addition to my liquor sliver of counter. Liquor sliver. Sliver, because it's like three bottles and one's empty. What you got there? Ooh, I see gin. You got to put the hand behind it. That's that's the whole. What's that called? Springfield Manor. Spring. Springfield Manor Small Batch Lavender Gin. Ooh, not with the lavender. That sounds amazing. Springfield Manor, just north of Frederick, Maryland. Okay. So I, I get to try it, as you saw. It well, cool. so next week, we'll be doing another live for everyone that hasn't been paying attention. Uh, this is in place of our regular episode. We had a little bit of a COVID scare. Uh, which turned out COVID can't touch us. Fuck what COVID thought. Um, so we all negative. We all good. I mean, I wasn't scared. Yeah, we just decided not to meet up. So fuck COVID. We're, we didn't have a regular episode, so we're doing this in place of it. So Last week was our regular scheduled live. This should have been a regular drop, but we're, we're doing this. Next week will be another live, but then we'll have a episode following that, um, which we'll be looking to wrap up our block series. We've talked about uh, educate the block, finance, buy back the block. We're going to be talking about financing the block. Um, and then after that, we're going to be looking to bring on a couple guests. We're going to be looking to bring on Bearded Brother. We're going to be looking to bring on uh, The Connect, which is this really cool collaboration that we just uh, became partners with. Um, we're going to be looking to bring on Kyle from Oakbrook uh, just to talk about beer. I think that's going to be uh, really interesting. If you were with us last week, you heard us talk about 
our beers. <laughs> so maybe next week when we do the live, and we're going to try to bring in the dude from Trillium. Ah, ooh, make sure you tune in next week because that's going to be dope. Um, it's going to be true. It's going to be true. Sorry. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so if we get that done, maybe we can uh, sample some of that gin. Well, sample the gin you will because – it sounds delicious because lavender. Hello, yes. and I think uh, I I forget the whole the whole mix of uh, botanicals because you know, it is a gin. Botanicals. It's a gin. You gotta get some botanicals. I think what's what's like the big draw to like or like the claim to fame for uh, that fire. Um, uh, sapphire. Is that juniper? That, that sounds right. Well, because think about it. Like, when you think Bombay, right, you only think of that blue bottle, right? Yeah, but they have a bunch of different yeah. – But they have a regular bomb. That's not even the regular Bombay. That's, right. like, sapphire. And I think it's because of the juniper. I think this – this that might have juniper in it as well, or it might be cardamom. I don't know. I'm not a botanist. Hold up. Because I'm doing research – which we never do on this podcast. Who owns – okay, never mind. Distributes. That made me feel a little bit better, I guess. Who distributes Bombay? Please don't tell me it's fucking like uh, – hold on. Don't tell me like Anheuser-Busch fucking <laughs> – No, 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 no. Because no. <laughs> no. like, they distribute everything else. You, they might as well distribute Bombay. All right, so Bombay fa- uh, Fatfire. Sapphire. Hennessy. <laughs> no, it's a brand of gin that was first launched in 1986 by English wine merchant IDV. In 1997, Diego sold the brand to Bacardi. <laughs> Bacardi. That's hilarious. Distributes Bombay Sapphire. When I tell you, like, when you look at um, craft beer, when you look at, like, even your 40s, like, the research is actually, like, well worth it to really get an understanding of um, what you're buying into. I I could even equate it to, like, going to restaurants in uh, Philadelphia for me has been very eye-opening in terms of it's not just a bunch of, like, independent people it's just like you go to this restaurant that's owned by this person that owns this restaurant this restaurant it's crazy it's a network it's a chain right i kind of i kind of like saw that when like you know when you buy like those gift cards um oh yeah this time and it's just like oh yeah you're under the darden restaurant chain you're like you're looking at these like these are all owned by the same person basically it's like shit or they're all owned by the same company i mean it's it's kind of crazy when you think about it. And it's bamboozled. Some of them are almost like competing against you. Like they're the same type of restaurant, right? Right. <laughs> so it's like Carabas and Italian and uh, whatever the shit one is. Olive Garden. <laughs> Olive Garden. It's like, it's the same restaurant. It's like brand, it's like uh, clothing brands too. When you look at like uh, Old Navy and Gap. Banana Republic. Banana Republic, all, all within the same thing. It's just like, what the yeah. fuck are we even doing here? Right. Or, as you said, 
Budweiser, and I think Hurricane is Budweiser. Something. I think like it's that. Hurricane. Yeah. I think Colt. I think Colt Forty Five is like Coors or something. Yeah. But, Sam Adams has one. Pabst had one, I think. Well, remember, Pabst is Pabst is its own brand, but it's distributed under Anheuser Busch. So, um, but I just wanted to quickly because uh, I grabbed a new beer. I am now on Kentucky, the Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Peppermint Porter. What? And it looks so Christmassy, so holiday as. So yeah, I mean, listen, man. Apparently, fuck Thanksgiving like at every chance because I saw Christmas decorations in stores before Halloween. Hold up, so, let, let let's be honest though. If we're being if we're being honest about the holiday, fuck Thanksgiving. But oh yeah, the holiday itself, fuck Thanksgiving. Yeah, but as a culture and as a country, we celebrate it. We we openly celebrate this holiday, and so I never understood. Why we don't give it its time of day then, at least. You, that. Yeah. Or maybe we sh- just shouldn't give it its time of day. Do we just say fuck it and just be like, you know what? It's Halloween, then Christmas? Well, see, here's the thing. Cause Should we celebrate my, Christmas? My thing about to work on that day. That's true. It's a day off. <laughs> or the like, day after. Like, I'm taking Columbus Day off. But oh, yeah. Christopher, I acknowledge as well. It's like, I get Columbus Day off. But I ain't sitting there praising, you know, Mr. You know, uh, what's 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 the word? What did he do besides killing and pillaging and uh, genocide? There it is. Genocide. Genocide Columbus. Mm-hmm. And I love the people that were like, oh, what, what, if you're so against Christopher Columbus, well, are you going to work that day? No, because there's a million reasons why I should have a day off. Just because this yeah. guy was a fuck up doesn't mean that I shouldn't get the day off. I still no, deserve that. I'm, I'm gonna take the day off. Because <laughs> you're not working either. Right. So I'm not gonna serve you, who I disagree with for this. However, I'm not gonna be sitting around celebrating Columbus. So I know this was supposed to be an election episode, but now I label it a check-in episode. So fuck that. <laughs> it's, uh, a check-in, man. it's a check-in. It's a check-in. We're free balling. I mean, right. free stumbling. What are we doing? Commando? Listen, listen, man. You're trying too deep here. If look, I'm at home, man. Look, all you see is, like, yeah. waist up. It doesn't yeah. matter what's going on. <laughs> wait, wait. Can you show that peppermint John again? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, hold up. Yo, yeah, definitely, man. Kentucky, I, I, I fucking wish this fucking mirror corrected, because why shouldn't it? But... Is there a way to do that? I don't know, but you're supposed to, like, put the hand behind. What does that do? I don't know. This is what you two people do. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Raven, I don't know what's happening either. I I I was about to go off. Kentucky Kentucky, uh, Bourbon Barrel Peppermint Porter. So uh, it's... It's a porter with natural flavors aged in oak bourbon barrels, which all of these are. It is 8.2%. Oh, it fixes the colors. Oh, it fixes the colors. I actually, where did I get this? So the beer distributor uh, in my area actually always has 
Kentucky Bourbon Barrel brand beer. Like they always have the coffee. Uh, they've always had the coffee porter there. They've always had the uh, like the vanilla one, I think, are the two staples. And then like they do seasonals all the time. So they had the pumpkin there. They've had they just got this peppermint, and it was literally it's so funny because usually they have it out. This was so new that they literally just had it on a box underneath one of the shelves and as we were looking for beer we, we looked down and we just see this gigantic box with this label on it we're just like can i buy this <laughs> so we asked them and she's like yeah just open the box so i just ripped the box up and grabbed the four pack so yeah. do you get like a 10 percent discount for working there <laughs> damn i should have they should have loyalty cards at these distributors I don't think like I don't think legally they're able to do that, but oh, you yeah, definitely if you can find this, definitely try it. I mean, it's like uh, I would check Mary's. Oh, of course, of course, because um, they yeah, Mary's always has one or two of these as well. So that would be um, a good bet. The taste is kind of just like the uh, like a peppermint patty or like. Um, Oh, I love so York peppermint patties. I'd be, I'd be down for Girl Scout cookie. Thin mints. Yeah, it's like a thin mint. Cause Ooh, I could it, fuck up a thin mint. Yeah, I almost said I could fuck up a Girl Scout. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Listen, we already got flagged for two weeks ago or four weeks, whenever we did that, three weeks ago. Whenever we did that episode, because we said too many buzzwords for IG or whatever, something like that, where we got like repressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, this beer, this beer, because it's a porter, you get kind of like that roasty, almost flavor. Just going off the rails. This is the best part. <laughs> what you tune in for? Um, like. You know, you get the you get the chocolatey notes from the porter. Um, the mint the mint isn't like completely just thrown in there and just destroys everything, which sometimes you can get. Um, I even think the dragon's milk mint reserve was kind of too minty. Like it just, it just didn't balance it enough. Okay. This is very nice, and it has kind of like this back end of like a breadiness or like cookie flavoring so it does taste just like a thin mint because of that it's not just mint and beer so i really like this i'm here for it so i think i had like two things to say can't remember one of them so i have one thing to say maybe the okay. comment sections <laughs> i got nothing um <laughs> fuck oh my god i'm gonna lose this i had it it was there and it's it's disappearing very slowly um, <laughs> it's disappearing and i can't find it oh oh it's this like assumption that we can't like go back so going back to the christopher columbus conversation it's this belief or this like philosophy or this way of being that is like well you know, Columbus lived how many years ago? What, what are we going to do? Like, go back and pick him apart for what he did and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, yes. Like, why can't yeah. we grow? Why can't like, we grow and, like, hold it accountable? Okay, cool. America. You found America. You, this dumbass found it by accident. And then he fucking tore it apart. He was part of, like, what everything. Well, that's, well, that's, well see, that's the fucking thing about Columbus in particular. Like, 
you can say what you want about the founders of this country. They did a shit ton more than this motherfucker did. That's true. But and they can still kiss their fists on my ass. You don't even need to look back at Christopher Columbus history. Just look back at the day and remember that they basically ran like a like a re-imaging campaign for him so that they could make this a holiday that people would get behind. Because everyone back then knew that he was a fuck-up, he was a dumbass, and he killed a shit ton of people, right? All of this, we knew. And then some someone just wanted so bad to make this a federal holiday. Because to them, for some reason, him finding these indigenous people and then completely wiping them out was somehow what helped found America. So they're like, hey, let's give him this day. And we're going to just rewrite everything to say, look, he found this place. No one else was here before him. And he somehow, like, they, they get, they, they just kind of, like, glance over, like, all of the, uh, all, like, the logistics of how do you get all of these people here so quickly if there was no one there to begin with. And go ahead, go ahead, because you, you look like you have a point right there. No, so it, it brought up something else. It was, I don't know how this, like, went from Columbus to the podcast that you sent me. I, I don't know. Yes, I don't know where this went. But okay. I thought, yeah. But I thought this would be a really cool, like, maybe we'll bring it up later. We'll, we'll continue down. We'll continue down Columbus. But I think we should bring down the, the price point per uh, descendant of slaves that reparations would actually, like, how, how much per descendant of slaves would somebody get paid if reparations were calculated? Uh, what, what would everybody get? Okay. I'm gonna, it's an open-ended question. I know the answer because I li- – did you listen to the podcast? They answered it in the podcast. Yeah, I can't remember the number, but it's it's, a good it's here for me. Yeah, so if you're going to stick with us for the next 20 minutes, you know, get in that comment section, start uh, quoting. Yeah, let's throw some quotes out. What would be a good number to give descendants of slaves for reparations? Like, how much do you think we're like? Okay, this is a good starting point. Yeah, and you know what? That reparations episode was so fantastic because one one what was crazy is you interview um this is science versus by the way i mean they're not getting sponsored by them or anything but shit that's what i was listening to right it was science versus and it was definitely exactly they talked about they talked about okay the covid relief they said the covid relief like they like the government just pulled all this money out of its ass to send out these two thousand dollar checks to everybody, right? It can pull money out of its ass at will, so you I, can I, give it reparations. Yeah, I think <laughs> reparations does fall into like the actual billion or trillion dollar category when it's all said and done. Uh, the lump sum for everybody, but the uh the number per individual is what I want to mm-hmm. yeah. I'll share like how do, this episode. So yeah. if you have a guess for what that number is, get, leave it. Yeah. But How much do you get? How much do I get? Mm-hmm. 
We get something, right? Like, my last name's Washington. I definitely get money, right? Yeah, you definitely get money. <laughs> 25K. 25K says Raven. That's the going rate. 25K. Do I hear 2550? Do I hear 25.5? I'm not a. I'm not a. Going once, going twice, sold to the Negro in the back. We need to pin 25,000. What? Let's pin the 25,000. That's the going rate. I got it. It's pins. All right. 25,000. Oh, damn. So, Raven, what do you base that number off of? Is that just kind of like a, eh, I think we should get this much, or do you think there's like a reasoning behind that number uh, for you? I'm interested to know uh, because I don't necessarily have a number in my mind specifically. Um, yeah, so I've, when I, Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. When I heard the number um, on the episode, like I stopped in my tracks because I was like... It's a lot of money, right? Yeah, it's more <laughs> than I like would actually know what to do with. Like I would definitely pay off my loans. Yeah, wasn't it like... Because they based it off of, okay, we're saying that the amount of money that the U.S. economy made off of slavery for all those years, if we divide that up by the ancestors, we're still at, like, millions, right? Or hundreds of thousands. It's something crazy like that. Well, no, it's not even, it's not even in the millions. I, go, I, I, I cannot remember. Per person, uh, it's not it in the millions. Yeah, what? It, uh, well, you'll say it, but I just can't remember the number yeah. right now. But I know it's I know it's a good bit of money to be able to fuck with. You know, <laughs> yeah, fuck with. But like that kind of brings up a bigger point. <laughs> Look, run me my coin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, shit, give everybody a million. I'm down for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would say, like, uh, you know, I, I think the bigger thought in this whole thing is how do you kind of kill and lessen the the wealth gap in this? Because, like, um, uh, shit, what's the word? Not Generational wealth. Not, theor theor not theoretical, but conceptually. The reason we are behind right now in the wealth gap is what it is. Uh, and I'm not even talking about like the 1% wealth gap. I'm just talking about the difference between a white family and a black family because they, they gave those uh, statistics even on that podcast where they said like a black woman earns like so much less than a white woman. When, when you talk about like home ownership and the reason that home ownership doesn't look the way it does, that uh, if you're looking at the makeup of the country, if black people make up like 13% of the country, they should have about 13% of the wealth and it's well below 3% of the wealth. Uh, just talking about those numbers alone, be, besides even getting into the nitty gritty, like nuanced subcategories of that, you, you're still looking at a lot of data that shows that there is such a disparity between all of these um, factors. That it's just like, in order to play catch up, in order to to do things, it it's uh there's a lot that needs to be overcome. That's why it's uh they talked about 
baby bonds in this episode as well. And they're like, this can't be a one-off sort of thing. And I've had conversations with people in terms of um, affirmative action, in terms of college, you know, and, and these type of things where it's just like, okay, yeah, this is good for like one or two generations. And then like, that this is enough. I'm like, well, no, no, that's bullshit because you're talking about how many years of discrimination. You're talking about how many years of redlining. Like, yeah. like we don't, there's no generational wealth because of all these things. I, and this is over a 90 year, like over a hundred year span, over 400 year span of time. And you're going to say one or two generations is going to be enough time to flip that course of history. And that's what people don't understand. And I think, yeah. Before I like, as I end my rant, it's the um the understanding of since slavery was like ended, it's only been about like two generations. Like I mean, not sorry, two two lifetimes back to back. Yeah. In, in terms of the separation, and that's not that many generations. So two lifetimes back to back, and I think that was based off of like a seventy-five year like like span. It's fucking so close and it, it hits so close to home that there are people that I'm, I'm pretty sure it's getting close to it not being a reality but there are still people who at least know somebody who was a slave yeah there are still people who were slaves around now they're very old but yes um, but, but, point... but no but not even not even there, there are people like not even people that <sighs> The, the people that know somebody that was a slave, that's not that old. Yeah, that's not that old. No, no, you're the, right. The people that were, if they if they even are, I don't yeah. think that's actually, they were old. But like, yeah, the, the, the people that knew were getting older. But the, the fact is, I can still talk to somebody if I spent the time to do the research to contact that person who knew a slave. Right. Who knew a slave or... Or their parents were slaves, even, you know? Um, so it, it's, it's crazy to think about it. But at the same time, once again, that's why the wealth gap, you know, gender-wise is what it is. And, you know, when we're talking about reparations, we're talking about getting Black people back to a place where they're on equal footing with white people economically, you know? Um, which, which changes everything in this country because of the way that the political system is set up and just what this, you know, what this country is based on is its economy and its buying power. Your buying power versus someone else's is what makes you um, powerful in this country, right? So when you, when you don't give people the opportunity to, one, to learn and... Uh, be educated enough to hold those positions of power for generations and generations and then come back come back and tell them that you know they're they're lazy they're you know what have you it yeah well then so you brought up a very good point and something i wanted to bring up somebody shared this on their uh instagram recently it was just like stop saying like everybody has the same 24 hours this is kind of a bullshit statement if you are able to provide around the clock uh care for your like daycare essentially like nannies and like tutors and au pairs and stuff like that for your child you don't 
Like, that means you have a different 24 hours than I do. If you have home staff, if someone's cooking for you, you have a different 24 hours than I do. If you only have to work one job and I have to work three, you have a different 24 hours than I do. So stop telling me that I have the same 24 hours that everybody else has, because that is a lie. There's a difference between like being rich and being wealthy. There's one that's monetary and there's one that's just this hereditary. Like there's these things that you have, it's equitable. You've been able to have this through generational wealth. And so it's complete fault. It's a complete false narrative. It builds on that lazy stereotype. It it Mm -hmm. creates these false narratives that kind of lull these people into sleep to uh, have them believe that, you know, oh, if these people just worked harder, you know, they would be able to, to reach these goals or have these things that they're claiming is systemic racism. And it's a complete, like, whitewash. It's a complete, like, disregard. And it's making the uh, very true narrative and the very true uh, statistics that exist behind all of these things sound irrelevant. And it's uh, it's hurtful. It really is uh, – I don't know. I, I can't find the words right now, but it's tough. It, it's fucked up. That's all I can really say about it. It's fucked up. Well, no, it, it, well, it, it's very fucked up. Obviously, it's clearly fucked up. Um, and, and I think that's part of the issue, too, right? Because you have people that don't necessarily agree with the, with the radical hate that, that you might see, right? But they are also guilty in their own minds that they don't want to be associated with that. Therefore, they're not going to kind of look in the mirror, face the music, and realize you know that they have a lot of uh they have a lot of privilege in their position that they didn't necessarily earn as a person themselves as an individual right they were born into that because they were fortunate enough to be born uh born as a white person or born in the upper class or what have you born as a man even like just like us like just being born men yeah, it's exactly. And it's not a knock. And I think that's the that's where we have to get to. That's the leap we have to make. Right. It's not it, you aren't a bad person because you were born a white man. You know what I mean? But you right. have to realize that because you're born a white man, you have it easier in, you know, in X, Y and Z categories of life because of that. Yeah, you're so afforded different opportunities. You're allowed to do different things. I, I have said this on this show, on different shows, where it's just like we look at this word privilege as such a negative uh, thing. And I think a lot of times when we talk about it, it can be uh, a negative uh, if if it's not acknowledged. If it's not – exactly. And that's the thing. It's like everybody what, – what we're all doing currently in our lives is working – to reach a different level of privilege. That, that, that's the whole point. You want to be more privileged by the time you leave this world than when you started it, right? Because you just, everybody wants better. Everyone wants growth. No one wants to go backwards. Everyone wants to go forward. So in order to go forward, you you innately, or it just happens, you, you end up with these extra levels of privilege. And it's acknowledgement of that, though, to be saying, oh, I'm sitting in this lane or in these spaces, and because now I am privileged enough to do it and have this voice, how am I using it 
am I disenfranchising other people? Am I pushing the people that aren't at this level down more? Or am I acknowledging the flaws of a system? Am I saying Christopher Columbus was fucked up? Yep. We need to move forward. Or am I saying he found America? And that was my educated take on that. So after after thirty minutes, you brought it back around to Columbus Day that yeah. way. Yeah, you see how I do this? <laughs> From Columbus to reparations, back to Columbus. I got it. It works. It just it takes long. So we have the twenty five thousand dollars as like the baseline per individual. Although Raven then said that run me my six figures. So uh, you're right. Let me go pin that instead. <laughs> does anyone else have? like a base individual, like per person number that you think would be suitable. Um, once again, we're some of the, uh, once again, the big argument against it is it would tank the economy. It would increase inflation, you know, things of that nature, but it's kind of also like, you know, well, will it when, you have this program over here, which the government just pulled money out of nowhere for, and you, you have this money over here that just came out of nowhere. So, Or if you just, like, tax Bezos and... Or just tax people properly. That, too. I mean, yeah, that's that's simple enough, right? Well, it's like, did you see Daphne's post today? She posted, like, okay, what if you had Bezos money? What if you had, like, uh, what, what's, what's, what's old boy's name from Microsoft? Why, why am I Gates. blanking on Bill. Bill Gates. Billy, Billy if you Gates. had Bezos, if you had Gates money, if you had all these, like, if you had this amount of money, let me show you how fucking insane it is. I ain't shit for 4,000 years. Can you put number on it? Chiming in late on. I mean, ex that's also a very fair point from uh, Raj. Uh, that ain't shit for 400 years. Can you put a number on it? Um, can you? Because like, what? But can you? But is there a number that we can take that helps get closer at least? Because it's not just the number. I think you know when we're talking about it's acknowledgement dollar amount. It's it's a dollar amount plus all the other things that we're fighting for to help even the playing field and get us where we where we should be, where we rightfully deserve. So we were talking about people that we need to get on for like an episode episode. Raj is another person we need to get on for an episode episode and actually like talk about some serious shit with because he brings up these uh, fair talking points all the time. And uh, I would really love to get into that with him. So the number that they said on the show was, I believe, $125,000. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, and for me, that was enough to stop me in my trash because I could pay off stu uh, not student loans. I can pay off my debt <laughs> and student loans. Still have uh, oh, and it's very true. America never uh, ever apologized for slavery. That's also very true, and that that's that's again part of what I think is um, it's the money plus. It's the money plus what the money implies for me. It's uh, the money acknowledges that something was fucked up and something wrong happened. That's when you look at, again, this uh, science versus, I think was the, the show, right? And they talk about Rosewood and they talk about, that's, a, that's acknowledgement. The money that the, the reparations were given to 
in response to Rosewood, that's acknowledgement of a wrongdoing. And so mm-hmm. that that's um, powerful as well. As well, proper acknowledgement is important because when you have it in in the textbooks, when you when you are actually teaching these things to that, it, it starts to uh, sit in with people. It we see currently what what happened when education isn't, especially history, uh, American history isn't taught properly in an education system. You you see what happens. In America, you, you see Trump get elected. Like, let, let's be completely honest here. Trump being elected is a prime example. It highlights the flaws in the education system in my mind. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you because it kind of goes back to this idea that all of this is so easy to be done. So this random guy can do it. And if he can run a business, he can run a country. I never quite understood that. I mean, Mitt Romney lost on that idea, right? Everyone was talking about how he was going to run this country like a business and it was going to do great. But look how businesses run in America. Is that going to be good for people who don't have privilege in that business? Even big business, like shit. You want to say run it more like a business and then you see the government bail out business. And I'm talking about Obama's presidency, not even Trump's. I'm, I'm talking about Obama bailed businesses out. So I don't understand this like turnaround. So I don't get well, once again, they the poor whites were hoodwinked into thinking that Trump was going to somehow bring back like coal powered everything for some reason. And then all these coal miners were going to have jobs. Meanwhile, none of that's happened, and somehow they still think, you know what really pissed me off? You know what really grinds my ears? What really pissed me off this whole, like, during the whole election cycle thing was, like, all of these fucking Trump ads that kept coming up, and all of it was about how great the economy was since he became president, how all these jobs were created, and it's just, like, but where, where are the numbers to support that? Like, or, like you know, where is the actual information to, you know, back that up? Like, what has he actually done? Yeah. None, none of it's been, none of it's been factual. None of it's made, made any type of sense. So, um, you know, once again, I, I just, I don't, I don't quite understand it, but I'm not in their shoes either. And And I also, I also can't just look past the bigotry, the racism, the, the homophobia, all of that stuff. Xenophobia. Yeah, I can't look past any of that stuff either. What you have to do if you want to vote for him. And people did. An alarming yeah. amount of people did. Again, when we talk about this election, Biden won by a popular vote, and it was the most ballot ballots casted for a president. However, when you look at the number that Trump got, that was still an alarming... Trump was number two. So... And and that's what... So what, what bothered me about this whole election process is there's people on Twitter saying, you know, you guys got to calm down. You have to understand that these uh, mail-in ballots are coming in. And that wasn't my point. My point wasn't the fact that I thought Trump, in fact, was actually going to win. My point was, in fact, it shouldn't have been decided by mail-in ballots. It should have been so understood by the country that this was not a man to lead the country. And it isn't. And that 
is alarming. So we have like eight seconds left. I want to see if we get kicked out or if we still get this privilege. I think we can keep going, right? But if we don't, then thank you for everyone. We're going. We're going. We're still in. We're 60 minutes in. Welcome. Part two. I always call this like after the hour mark, the part two part now because this is uh, – this is garbage time. This is like watching a soccer match and you don't understand why the time keeps going up, but you just let it happen and see see how long it goes. So welcome to the soccer element of the, the show. We played soccer. Man, uh, we were in garbage time from about 20 minutes in. But, you know. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, as I said, we need to connect with you. Uh, we're going to set up a show. We're going to do a Zoom or something and get, get this all set up. But uh, we appreciate Raj and Black Brewers Beer and Oak, Oak Park very Absolutely. much. Um, so we have one or two more, like, bullet points on what we thought we might discuss for today. And then maybe we'll jump into our brewing company. <laughs> uh, I am drinking, by the way, it's called For the Win, a giant killer. It's a New England-style IPA. <laughs> It's pretty good. I enjoy this. I actually might like this more than Big Boy. So um, this is pretty good, more than Daddy Fat Sacks. Um, yeah, I also had – this is the first time I've ever heard of this type of style for beer. It was called a uh, – it was by New Trail. It was something flannel, and it was um, a New Zealand oh, styling hazy mm. IPA. New Trail has been making like 3,000 hazy IPAs like this year. Yeah, but it was a New Zealand style. I've never heard New Zealand. So we'll have to look into that. But uh, the two extra bullet points that we have here before we wrap up the serious part of this conversation, and then we'll see what happens afterwards. Um, the various election lawsuits, which we kind of alluded to, but not really, and then Dave Chappelle's SNL monologue. So do we want to start off with the lawsuits? Why not? Um, you know, it, you know, Trump has continuously been a baby about everything in this presidency and everything in his life, honestly. And, you know, this is just one of those things where I have the money and I have the power and I'm going to basically try to usurp the, uh, you know, the democratic process by just saying, you know, one, he had his supporters in two different states yelling completely opposite things to at the vote. Count the votes. The, Don't count the votes. Don't count the votes here. Count the votes there. It's, it, it's so fucking, it's, it's so transparent that, you know, once again, if you can't see, if you still support him through all of that, and then you call yourself patriotic, a patriot, you know, an Amer, you know, all this, all this, you know, patriot, patriotic bullshit that you want to, you know, espouse to anybody, then you know you're clearly full of shit, you know, and 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 this is kind of once again kind of the thing. Um, you know, we have we have a couple of the swing states that have been uh, that have been sued. Uh, a lot of them have already been thrown out because they're completely bogus. The one was about the uh, the Trump campaign's uh, voting uh, like watch like vote watchers or supervisors or something weren't close enough in Philly, 
The poll watchers, yeah. The poll watchers weren't close enough to actually see the votes being counted, and then uh, the one was act. The one was about like, oh, they weren't in the room, and then the judge was like, well, was there people? Were there people in the room? And then he was like, there was a non-zero amount of people in the room for the Trump campaign. The, the, and then the the judge was like, basically, uh, oh, hi, cousin. Uh, <laughs> the, the Trump campaign was basically like, uh, well, yeah, there there were people from them in the room, from us in the room, basically. So it, it they're kind of, uh, and I think you, I think you said this is like he's throwing things at a wall and seeing what sticks. Maybe is kind of like what he's doing. Um, none of it really holds a lot of weight at the end of the day. Um, but it's 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 just more like it's just more reason to you know hate how things have been going over the past four years, you know, and kind of have it, it's more fuel to the fire that this just this isn't the end just because he's out of office. Yeah, and that's the thing. I, I want to run two things by you real quick before we move on to this next point. Uh, the one is I don't even actually know if Trump is, in fact, worth anything. Like, um, we, we talk about, you know, this is what money buys you, but I think this is more what your name buys you. Like, this is where we're, when we're talking about the reparations, what we're, we're doing is, um, and we're talking about the privilege, the the fact remains when you look at a black person and it's just like, ooh, does this person have money? It's like you d- you doubt the validity uh, or the fact that this person comes up and says, hey, I'm good for it. Let's do the service. Mm-hmm. Got to question it. And then once that question is answered and the person does, in fact, have money, it becomes, so how would you get that money, right? It, it, it's the, do you so, like, what do you do? You, are you a rapper? Are you a athlete do you sell drugs right so but with trump it's oh it's trump he must have this money we yeah we'll do business with you on your word and that's been his whole legacy and that's well that's the thing it's not even on his word and that's kind of where it comes back to it's not his word it's his, his family name. It's, his it's, name. His name. it's his name which is a fake name one for one that his father or grandfather made. I think it was his father that changed his name from Drump. Drump to Trump. Because it sounded better, right? So, like, it's, but it's the family name. It's, he, he has done nothing, right, to actually bolster the family name. He just took it and ran with it, right? Um, And so, this is why these people were doing these deals, because it's Trump. It's the name. And it's very interesting. If we look throughout history at some of these great people, what we'll like of some great people, I'm not talking about Columbus level great people. I'm talking about like wealthy people who still had baggage on their own. But when you talk about these individuals, when you talk about like Rockefellers, when you talk about these like uh, people of wealth, what you see is the person that actually created the dynasty, right? And then afterwards, in history books, you'll hear about the offspring, you'll hear about the lineage, and you'll hear about how this sort of, like, starts dying down. What's different, though, is we saw the Trump before Donald, and now we're seeing Donald. But what we're not recognizing is, as history has shown, the, there's the person, and then there's 
this. We're watching this happening, but we're still acting like the Trump right. family is at this pinnacle. And it just doesn't make sense. As the, tax returns will sh- as the tax returns have shown, you know, like, they, he's, they, they say they're hemorrhaging money. They say that they're losing all this money. But they're not losing any money. Really, they, they're losing money for tax purposes, so they only have to pay $750 in taxes, right? They're lose, like, now they're losing money, but what's the cash flow? Like, that's always the thing. You can tell me all you want about, you know, I'm self-employed, and when I, once I deduct all these taxes, I'm actually $1,000 in the negative, right? Yeah. But what is your cash flow, Tyler? We don't talk about that. You know? what, is, what is your actual cash flow? And then, and then all, these, all these tax dodges, they had like their one, they had their one property, their estate, they had that un- under a business so it didn't get taxed property taxes and then they have payments to the children that are you know all these shady things so it's like you need to one have generational wealth to have the connections to know how to loophole around these things so it 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 comes all full circle that way it's just Lisa? it's just walked by Sorry, I got I get excited. Um, so let's wrap this up. Let's talk about the Dave Chappelle um, monologue. I thought this was really interesting, especially um, he was he was saying some really hard truths to the audience, and it was just like, I'm sorry. At the, what I like about uh, Dave's monologue was very um, similar to what I liked about Bill Burr's monologue. Was just like. I'm sorry. I thought this was comedy. One, I think that's like a great pitch. But two, I, I think both of them delivered hard truths in those moments of what needed to be discussed, what needed to be said. Um, again, and we're talking about people that knew or knew of somebody who did know a descendant of, um, not a descendant, a direct person that was affected by slavery. And Dave Chappelle talked about his uh, grandfather, great-grandfather, who was raised in slavery for the first 10 years of his life and then was educated and stuff like that and then said if he would look at me now he goes you dumb motherfucker right so you you've been bought and sold more than i (laughs) yeah but i thought it was a very interesting um skit and even going back and watching dave chappelle's like chappelle show like first season was crazy Uh, first episode was nuts um but just chappelle's monologue and everything that he discussed in this was very um on point needed to be heard needed to be said i i wasn't necessarily laughing a lot during his opening monologue but more of like no this is this is fucking right it's one of those and i think he's been more like that lately in the last maybe five years I would say, since he's come back from Africa, like his stand-up pieces have been more of him just kind of talking to you about, you know, his troubles and the troubles of those people. And, you know, he'll throw the jokes in and it's all, it almost, it works so well from a comedic standpoint because you're not expecting a joke to come in. Right. right? It still works, but it's, you know, he's still talking about what he wants to talk about and doing it in a way that he's going to do it. So it's it's pretty impressive. And then, like, to do it on SNL, of course, like, the demographic that SNL really caters to, 
like that's pretty that's pretty great too. So uh, and I, you know, I I think SNL has been sitting with their privilege a lot recently as well. I think what when you see Chris Rock coming back to to do uh, a monologue, when you see Dave Chappelle doing the monologue, when you see Bill Burr finally getting asked to do a monologue, like let's be completely honest, SNL knew who Bill Burr was they knew who they were bringing to do that opening monologue they knew what dave Chappelle was going to show up and say i think when you start looking at these things you're going to start realizing why these people are being brought to say the things that they're being brought to say um and yeah raven's right too it, it was a little more mild than i expected i thought it was going to be a more heavy punching comedy but i, I well, you know, it's it's I I would have also, to look back to uh, we, we need Raven on the show, but continue. Uh, I would have to look back to because remember now he hit, he basically did the SNL following the election four years ago when Trump was elected. He yeah. was the one who came on into the monologue, right? He was the guest, so it's kind of like they're bringing Dave on to be like the post-election. Uh, the post-election guy, right? Yeah, of course. So, uh, but from what I, what I, from what I remember from that monologue, it was very similar to this one. Um, so, personally, I actually thought that it was. I actually, for what I got, I, I expected about what I got. Okay. Um, and he even harkens back to that monologue, and maybe I just need to read you know, watch it again to really refresh my memory. But he harkens back to it is like how he felt four years ago, you know, you can sit here and, you know, you could be a good winner in this situation. But I think like the, the point of that being a good winner in the sense of like the people who lost, they have like their, their ax to grind, the, the hatred there, like that's not going away just because they lost. So no. And I, I guess the final talking point I want to have with you is is on that. Like, how how do we approach this? I, I know it shouldn't be on us. I, I I've had too many discussions. I've watched too many things, read too many things, listened to too many discussions about this. Um, how, how do we approach this? How how do we look at a nation that is so evidently divided? And I don't think it's something that's new. I, I think it's, I said it right before Trump was running or as Trump was running, I said, you know, this is going to show very, very well what our country actually is. And uh, how, how do we deal with this um, reality? How, how do we come to terms with who our neighbor is? Well, I, well, one, I think we've already been forced to do that. You know, I don't think this election has really changed for the people who know, for the people who know, right, this doesn't change anything. And so for those people, I would implore to challenge the people who say that this has been some kind of great milestone right. to really sit back and think about, okay, really look at who voted for who here um, and then know that there's a percentage of the people who flipped on Trump for things that had nothing to do with his racism, his xenophobia, his homophobia, his sexism, any of that. They flipped because they originally voted, they originally voted for him because he was going to bring 
them him they were going to bring this these people he was going to bring these people their their jobs back right and they didn't care anything about all of the horrible things that came out about Trump or that Trump said up until they voted for him the first time right so you already knew they don't really care about those things so it's not like it changed this time around their flipping point is this tiny little thing that only affects them and it's just like the Bruising Banner podcast episode with the Trump supporter, where his whole support system of Trump was just completely based off of he wanted something new, and the Democrats didn't do things in the Middle East the way he wanted them to do them. But it had nothing to do with with like personal morals. It had nothing to do with uh, racism. It had nothing to do with any of that. Right. Or even politics, really. It, it was literally just on the military and how he thought the military should have been taken out sooner or what have you. And that was the reason and gas prices. Right. So like it, and it was something to him that affected him narrowly. So that's what I think for the people that still voted for Trump, which is a shit ton of them. Right. Like if he was up against any other total vote getter in history, he still would have won. Right. Yeah. So you have that. Um, you, you still have that many people who have who have put aside or agree with all of those horrible things about Trump, and you have the people who only flipped because they they see that he was full of shit on things that only affected them narrowly. So you know, I think those are the two big points to take away from this and to move forward. You know, with the knowledge of. So then, for for me, it's. You're going to have two people, right? You're going to have those that have felt more emboldened and are going to be um, more in your face and mm -hmm. not so uh, scared to be who they were anymore, right? Yeah. They were always this person. They just, they just don't care anymore. But then you're also going to see the person who was um, – You're also going to see the person who was hesitant, came out, voted what they did during the time, felt a little more cocky, were saying everything, and then these election results came in, and now they're going to like and run away, right? They're they're going to um, pull back. They're, they're they're not going to be that same person that they've been the last three years because we'll, we'll we'll even give it a year for them to have like warmed up to the idea of them being who they ended up being off this assumption and um how, how do we deal with that how do we deal with the supporters who supported trump supported trump twice ended up being wrong and losing in this um support and now we're going to scurry back because there's going to be a difference between saying you know what i voted with this let me learn about why so many other people voted against what i did and become better that 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 third person i guess technically does exist but if we're talking about these two scales like let's let's talk about that how, how do we deal with that scared person and raven thank you so much we appreciate you and we'll we'll get connected we got to do this Definitely. so you know um yeah, once again, I, I, I completely agree with that fact. There, there, there's going to be these people that scurry back and kind of 
shine like take take away but those are the people i think that really need to be hit hit hard on and then also the people who quit i think those are the two those are the two groups right because the people who voted twice and then still are going to be in your face about it like the people who were still like they were singing like the uh we are the champions as he was losing you know those types of people we know where they stand. We know they're full of hatred, and we're not going to change that, right? So we're not you know, going we're to change that. Sorry. We're not going to reason with them because what reasoning is there to have for people who who sing "We Are the Champions" of the, as the ship sinks, right? That'd be interesting to see on the Titanic. <laughs> Instead of a violin, it's "We Are the Champions," right? <laughs> Just as the the boat's going down, you are sick. <laughs> Isn't it British though? I don't know. Um, but you know, we have those people. Those people are always going to be there in the background. But those those are the people we're fighting against, right? right. Those are the opposition. We can't flip the opposition. We can't ask for a trade at halftime for these people. And I don't want them on our team, you know. So, what I want are those people in the center, not even to be on the team, just to be just to be more knowledgeable of the position they have and why their position was wrong and why their position lost in this sense. Right. Um, I think that's where we actually need to hit harder um, moving forward are, are those moderate people, the people that, because those are the people who have some kind of sense, but they're not quite sensitive enough to realize why they shouldn't have voted for Trump either time. Right, Damn. and they need to be talked to, and they need to be reasoned with, and then we can either sort them out as you're not going to get it, so you go over there. I'm no longer talking to you. I'm going to, you know, work on my energies in this this lane. Um, or okay, you've joined our side now. You understand now. You can start working on getting things done. So those those are my big things moving forward. Those two groups. Yeah. So. Do you really think they take the time to make a legit assessment? I don't think so. I, I, I think a lot of times when I'm having shows like this and I'm talking to people about these type of topics, I don't think people actually take time to dig deeper into issues. They have a baseline understanding and then won't look at the root causes of this. And the perfect example for me is always saying when people talk about black on black crime or when they talk about like what's happening in Chicago or even the Philadelphia's of the world, they, they're always, well, look at what these communities are doing to each other. And it's not, okay, let me look at, this is what's happening and it's happening repeat, uh, repetitively. What are the underlying reasons? Why is this allowed to continue to happen and what kind of uh, things are actually being implemented or are specifically being ignored that should be implemented into these areas? And, and that's the crux of the issue. We can easily point fingers at all of these different things. Well, look, look here, these people are doing this and these people are doing that. But like, what, what is actually be, being done? What is the structural uh, points that allow this to continue to happen? And, and the more you break this down, the more evident systemic racism and this like institution of uh, how America was built comes front and centered. And I think that's really what it comes down to for me. So with all of this being said, this is about an 85-minute episode. Um, I, 
should have thought about this earlier. We're going live again tomorrow. So we, right. we went a little harder than we needed to today because we're going to jump into a lot of really interesting conversations tomorrow. So make sure, I mean, if you're watching this, you already follow us or you follow one of us. So um, make sure you stay tuned to the Alternative Blacks podcast page because we're going to give a little more details on to where you can find us with Harry tomorrow. It's going to be a really cool conversation, more beer, more laughs, and uh, more needed discussions like tonight. But Chris, thank you so much for being a part of this. Everybody that actually jumped into this and was a part of this conversation, thank you so much. And until next time, peace. peace.